Amen. 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 What a timely, timely, timely message. And that's just part one. You'll get part two very shortly. And, um, but, but you see, there, there's just the way God works. And I want you to understand that we need to walk by faith, Amen. not by sight. Amen. Did you hear what he said? Yes. When God is doing something, it is silent. Yes. When the devil is doing something, it is loud. No wonder the Bible tells us, it says, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. In other words, God works much more where evil abounds. So I just want us to be comforted and know that God is on our side. He is working for us. He is for us. He is not against us. He said, when the enemy rises up against us, God will lift up a standard against him. As a mountain surrounds Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. I want you to be rest assured. Don't, don't, allow, don't, don't allow your life to come to a standstill. All right? Live your life to the fullest. Now, we have to be cautious. We take, you know, we do the wisdom thing. We, 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 we wash your hands, sanitize your hand and this thing. But if you think that is the only thing that will protect you, then you are in for something else. Because you can do everything that is right. Everything right. And something still goes out of the way and all of that. All right? And the only thing that can happen is, 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 is the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, you know, uh, David was talking. He said, uh, he, he said, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. And except the Lord keeps a city, the watchmen thereof. I want you to know that, yes, do everything that you can do. The power of God, the grace of God does not make you suspend your common sense, okay? We cannot suspend common sense because of, you know, all these things, right? But your common sense will, is not enough to protect you and to keep you. It has to be a combination of the two. You are uh, wholly doing what you're supposed to do, and then you are wholly and completely dependent on God and committed to God. Father, we just want to bless you again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Psalm 91 that tells us that no evil shall befall us, nor any plague drawn out our dwelling place. We bless you. We give you praise. And we thank you in the name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen. Amen. All right, so this second part will be a very, very brief one. And then we will continue uh, next time as the Lord gives us uh, permission to do it. So we're still on our, uh, we're still on, on, on our series, we're, talk, we're still talking about uh, God's call upon our lives to be, you know, to be financially generous. And we talked about, we started from um, our core values. And one of our major core values is giving, all right? And one of the things that I'm so glad that, you know, we brought in what Dr. Ajay did today and the thanks from Thailand, the message from Thailand. Uh, one, one thing that our giving has been doing, even though you are sitting down here, all right? When you are generous, when you give, right? Even though you are sitting right here, your money is walking right there for the kingdom of God across thousands of miles away. So this is part of what we are doing when we give. This is part of the things that are happening when we give. God is working. He's using us. It is an extension. We are partnering with God to do whatever he wants to do 
on the face of the earth. So we started with God called us to generosity. And if I'll summarize that, that God called us into generosity, it means that God gives everything. All right? God is giver of everything because he called us. That's if, you, if, you don't, if, you ask, if you don't know, understand what I'm saying, if you listen to the message, you will understand why I said that. That generosity, we're going to, uh, I mean, the call to abundance is God giving us everything. All right? Then we went, the next step we went is that God has called us to stewardship. In other words, God does not just give us everything. God owns everything. All right? So he's not giving us everything. He's not only giving us everything. He's also telling us that he owns everything. Today we are going to do a call to generosity. In other words, generosity is simply, if I was summarizing, it means that God deserves everything. So we went from God gives everything. God owns everything. And now God, God deserves everything. But you see, the good thing about God deserving everything, he deserves everything. But God does not want everything from you. He deserves everything. But he does not want everything from you. He just wants a portion. He wants a part. And that part, that portion shows your commitment and your love to him. Now, let me quickly define or explain what giving is when we're talking about giving. All right? Because uh, there are different kinds of giving. All right? But the giving that I'm talking about, I want to label it as generosity, right? Because I can, I can come to your house and give you a bribe. It's a bribe, right? But that's not the kind of giving we're talking about. So what is this kind of giving that we're talking about? What is this giving? What is generosity that we're talking about? The definition is generosity is a giving that is selfless. You are giving without expecting a return. You are giving out of the kindness and the goodness of your heart. You are giving out of gratitude that God, you have given me this and I'm out of a heart of gratitude bringing back what you have given to you. Do we get back when we give? Yes, but we're going, we going to get to that. All right? And I'll tell you what it is. But I want you to know that generosity or giving that we're talking about has to do with you giving out of the goodness or the kindness of your heart. It is characterized by goodness. It is characterized by kindness. It is characterized by gratitude. And above all, it is characterized by love. There is no generosity without love. You can give without loving in some instances. But you cannot be generous without love. Or let me put it this way. Sometimes you can give without love. But you cannot love without giving. If you are saying you love God and you are not giving... It is suspect because love gives. Love gives. For God so loved the world that he did what? The response to love every time is giving. That's the response. If you, are, if you say, look, I love God or I love somebody. If for, for instance, if I love my wife and, and you know, she cannot touch my car. 
She, can, she doesn't know what I earn. She doesn't understand what my, you know, we don't have anything in common financially. I doubt that love. Because love, money, finances is a test of your love, is a primary test of your love. Yeah. Your finances is a primary test of your love. Don't tell me you love your wife. She doesn't know anything about your finances. I, maybe I'm touching something here. Is <laughs> it the opposite? <laughs> and that is so true. I will find you. <laughs> but the truth is, you see, the, 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 way, the, you see, the way we deal with ourselves, if you, if you look at it, if you look at people who don't give, if you look at people who don't give, look at, look at their finances. Look at how they run it in their house. Look at how they relate with their wives. Look at how they relate with their children. When it comes to finances, you will discover that there's a problem there. There's an issue there. I have seen, you know, I have seen, I have seen too many instances and too many situations where husbands hide money and their assets and everything from their wives. They keep it away from their wives and they die, somebody else takes it. Yeah. Oh, vice versa. <laughs> the heat is on the men this morning. <laughs> yeah, all the opposite. Yeah. No, I, I am serious. I am serious. I know of situations and I know of this thing where the father was too stingy to expose himself financially to his children. Because he felt that, you know, oh, these guys are just, you know, they're just, they're just burdensome. They're just burdensome to him. And when he died, the people who were not even related to him took everything. And the children suffered and could not express. So even in the midst of plenty, in the midst of abundance, they were suffering. What am I saying? I'm saying this morning that your love, the test of your love, your love in action now, right? How active your love is, is contingent a lot of times on how much your hand can go into your pocket. It's contingent on how much you can dip your hand into your pockets and bring it out and give, especially to the things of God. Especially to the things of God. Look at what Paul said. Can you give me 2 Corinthians 8? Let me, let me just bring back a little, a little that I said on Sunday. 2 Corinthians 8 from verse 1. Our friends, we want you... No, I don't want this translation. I'm sorry. Can you give me a, a New Living Translation? All right. And now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that God in his kindness has done through the churches, uh, sorry, 
what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Like I said last Sunday, uh, Macedonia comprises of what? Three major churches, right? So that's why I call it the churches at Macedonia. So Macedonia is actually a region here, all right? It's talking about the Ephesian church, the church in, no, sorry, not Ephesian, uh, the Berean church, church in Thessaloniki, and uh, the church in um, um, Philippians, the Philippian church. All right, so verse 2. They are being tested by many troubles. In other words, these guys have troubles. There was problems. All right? And they are very poor. They had trouble. They were poor. But they also filled, sorry. But they are also filled with abundant joy. There was trouble. There was poverty. And yet, they had room for joy. And look at what that joy did. Which has overflowed in rich generosity. How are you poor and you are still rich? I mean, and you're still generous. What this tells me is that generosity has nothing to do with how much you give. It has to do with how much you are ready to relate with God and to commit to God and to go with God and to match with him in what he's doing and in what he wants to do. Verse 3, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it with their own free will. Generosity is free will. Number one, generosity has nothing to do with your pocket, how rich you are. Although here I would like it when you are rich, but it has nothing to do with how rich you are. Because there is evidence and there is science, there is everything to tell us that if you are not rich when you don't have, I mean, if you're not generous when you don't have, you are never going to be generous when you have. In America, there are statistics. I can read statistics to you. I don't have, you know, I don't have the time to give statistics. I can give statistics over statistics over statistics that the most generous set of people are not the millionaires. The most generous people are not the 1%, 5 percenters. They are the people who earn from $75,000 down. They are much more generous. So what am I saying? And why is this important? That generosity is a thing of the heart first before it becomes a thing of the pocket. Therefore, you don't have an excuse not to give. We have an, we have an example here of guys who don't have, who have trouble. They had issues in their life, but out of the abundance of that issue, they still found the right mind to give. Let me use my... All right. God blesses you. Your, 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 your income is increasing, and it's increasing, and it's increasing, and increasing. But we have heard, right? This is what it tells us. Statistics tells us. That as your income increases... Something else increases at the same level. Do you know what that is? What increases at the same level as your income? Your wants. Your wants. What you want 
increases at the level of your income. That's why you cannot wait until you have before you give. Immediately you get a promotion, guess what you want to do? You want to change your car. You want to buy a new house. You want to, you, I mean, you stop shopping from where you are to a higher level, right? Everything increases as your income increases. Has it happened to anybody? It's just only me. Your needs and your wants increases at the level of your income. That is why it is so difficult to say, okay, I will wait until I have. I will wait until I get before I can give. No, you will never have the opportunity to give because you will never give yourself that opportunity. If your income increases, your income increases, right? Your income increases this way. Your needs increase at the same level. But you know what happens to your giving? It, sometimes it goes like this, then it starts going like this. That's how, that's how natural man, that's how the natural man behaves. That's, how, that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what is natural with us. When our income increase, our needs increase. But our generosity does what? It drops. And Paul knew this. Let me, let me, I'll round up with this because my time is good. Paul knew that this is what happens to man because, you see, there's nothing that's new under the sun. It's been happening all over the place. It's been happening all over the world before you even knew it, right? And the people he was writing to was Corinthian, was the Corinthian church. They were so successful. The Corinthian church was so successful financially because Corinth was a business place. It was a business center, all right? And there were merchants. There were all kinds of things coming in. They were cosmopolitan. You know, people were coming from all over the world, and there was big trade, big money in Corinth. Now, Paul was contrasting, he was telling them, that's why he was telling them about the guys in Macedonia. He said, these guys were poor, they were giving. You have an abundance, you are struggling. You have abundance and you're struggling. That's why he told them. Now, what the, what the if you read, I want you to go back home and read 2 Corinthians 8 down and read 2 Corinthians uh, 9. You will discover something happened. What is that thing that happened? This thing that Paul is telling them to give, this offering that he's trying to take has started a year ago. It took them a year and he was still reminding them. He was reminding them, you need to give. You need to give. You need to help. You need to be of help. You need to give. For one year. Meanwhile, these other guys that don't have anything, Guess what happened? They were rejoicing. It was, they were eager to give. They were eager. They didn't have anything, they were eager. The guys that had something were very reluctant to give. Why? Because their needs was much, was much more important to them than the needs of others. Or our needs, if we're going to put it in contemporary words, our needs is more important than the needs of the house of God. So what did Paul say to cop this? In closing, I will continue from there. What did Paul say? He said, let every man make up his mind what to give. That word is loaded. That every man should make up his mind what they want to give. 
What does that mean? It means don't come to church. Don't start your week. Don't start your year without determining what to give. In other words, prioritize your giving. Make giving a priority. That's why I say let every man make up his mind. It does not happen automatically that God will make all grace abound towards you. You having all sufficiency in all things and at all times will then abound. Unto, there's a gap between you will abound unto every good work from where God blesses you. And God told them in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said, when you have eaten and you are full, thou shall remember the Lord your God. In other words, when people start enjoying, there's a tendency to forget that God that has given you requires your participation in making things happen. Amen. Giving is a natural thing but has spiritual consequences. We take of our money physically, we give, but it ends up having spiritual consequences. Has spiritual consequences. And we'll explore some of those consequences by, uh, as we go further. But here's what Paul said. When Paul said, when Paul said, let every man make up his mind what to give, what Paul is saying is this. When you get, as God increases you, remember we said, God gives everything. Everything that you have is God, God given. Okay, let's go again. Everything that you have is God given. Everything that you own belongs to and God deserves everything that you, you have, everything that you have. So Paul is saying, when you're giving, when God starts increasing you and increasing you and increasing you and increasing you, right? Make up your mind what you want to give. And how do you do that? How, does that, how is that easy for you? You make it up before anything. That's where God comes first. God comes first. Why? Because you have to make up your mind. What is it that God deserves? What does God deserve? Because if you don't make up your mind, you are going to give God crops. In fact, sometimes if you don't make up your mind ahead of time, you are not going to give him anything. Because based on what we say about human nature, right? Based on what we said about human nature, what happens is at the end of the day, if you are not careful and you don't make up your mind, this is the bottom, right? This is where you started from. And God took you from this ground and was taking you up financially. Sometimes when it's time to give, guess what? You're already here. So you are below bottom. In other words, you're already in debt. Because you didn't make up your mind. But when you make up your mind, what do you do? You are not saying, God, I'm waiting for you. I will get all my expenses taken care of. You are saying, God, I'll create a margin first. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I being too, am I making, am I making any sense? When God gives you, you make up your mind. And when you make up your mind, what are you doing? You are creating a margin before you even start your own expenses. What has that done? That means in my finances, I have put God first. And what I mean by margin is create that space, create that amount, or create that percentage, or create that uh, whatever it is that you want to create 
to give God. Because the most important thing in giving, right? The most important thing in giving, the most important thing is giving, is what Paul said. He said, uh, let's look at, can you give me that uh, 2 Corinthians 8? So I'll read this and then I'll, I'll, I'll close now. I'll read this and I'll close and we'll continue. No, go to verse 7. Go to verse 7. Look at what he said. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this grace act of giving. In other words, sometimes we separate all these spiritual characters or spiritual things, you know, love, joy, wisdom, and all of that. We separate it and we think that love is, I mean, giving or generosity is different. But Paul is putting it in the same category now and tell you that just the way you are growing in faith, you need to grow in giving. Excel in your, in your giving. What does excel mean? Excel does not mean you are better than somebody. It just means you are getting better than what you did previously. That's what excel means. That's what it means to be excellent. You see, we are not competing to give anybody. You see what I'm trying to say? What, what, if you listen to what I've said, we have talked about what? That those uh, guys in Macedonia, they didn't have anything, but they gave. So it's not a quantity. But it's you doing better than you have done. You have to seek to do better. Right. Seek to do better. Seek to do better and then put it in the category of the fact that God is really, really interested in your generosity. God is interested in your generosity. So when you create this margin, what happens? God comes first. And when God comes first, it means that every other thing will fall in place for you. Every other thing will fall in place. Every other thing will fall in place. If you look at 2 Corinthians 9, you see there's one that gathereth and doesn't have much. But there's another one that scattereth and has more. What is the Bible telling you? It's telling you that when you give, you create a space for God before any other thing. You create that margin. And God is the one that is, that is at the top of your heart when you create that margin. What the Bible is telling us is that you can scatter, but you still gather. Because God will create opportunities. Amen. He will create situations. He will create circumstances. He will bring people across your path that will help you to extend that which is left. Because your heart is committed to him. Your heart is committed to him. So I want you to know today, I want you to know, in closing, I want you to know that your generosity is really, really important. Just as your faith is important. Just as your knowledge, seeking knowledge is important. Generosity is as important as all of those. Next Sunday, we'll continue and we'll talk about uh, who should I give to, how should I give, what should I give, and all those kinds of things. We'll go into the practical areas of those kind of things by next Sunday. And then I'm thinking of doing 
because, because if you come to our Wednesday service, there's so much questions that's been generated. Am I correct, everybody, yes. Wednesday? There's so much questions that has been generated, so many questions and so many, we go into a lot of things on, Wednesday, on Wednesdays. And because of that, I'm thinking of us doing, God's willing, doing um, a, 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 a kingdom conversation on the last, uh, last Sunday of this month. So that will be in two weeks' time. All right? God bless you all.